Thank you, everyone. And thank you, Jan, and all that made it possible for me to be here today. I appreciate the beauty of this church and even the way it is organized. And those that are listening from home, I thank all of you. And Jan made a statement saying that uh, you're expecting to hear something special. Well, we are going to do this sermon together. I do the talking and you do the judgment. So what will happen actually is, um, I will tell you the difference that I will make today. And that difference is in this story that I will tell you. There was a small boy. The family lived in a street that there is a shop like Albertine across the road. So in the morning, they were about to take breakfast. The, more, the mother brought everything out and realized he doesn't have milk and sugar. She forgot it in the previous shopping. So she took away five euro, two five euro briefcase from five euro. She gave it to the boy and said, take this five euro and run over to the shop. This five euro is for the milk. And here is under five euro for the sugar. Please rush and get milk and sugar. We are having breakfast. This boy took the two five euros, mixed it in his hand, and rushed over to the shop. When he went to the shop, he went in and he saw milk, he saw sugar on the shelf. But he didn't pick them up. He came outside the shop and sat by the door side and started crying. And then people want to help. They asked him, why are you crying? He said, I've made a terrible mistake. I don't know how my mother will react. She gave me one five euro for milk and one five euro for sugar. While I was coming to the shop, I mixed the money up in my hand. I am in trouble because I don't know which five euro is for the sugar and which five euro is for the milk. Where can the five euro is for the sour and where can the five euro is for the milk? And they were trying to tell him, you can go in and pick the milk and sugar. He said, I don't know which of them. So in order to understand the difference that John, Jan talked about, we have to determine which of the five heroes is for the milk and which of the five heroes is for the sugar. So that's an assignment. We will talk which one is which one next time. Today is the first Sunday of the Trinity. We have celebrated the presence of God, the presence of his son, his death and ascension into heaven, and the giving of the Holy Spirit. So that is the Trinity, the, the, the presence of God the Father, God the Son, 
and God the Holy Spirit. But what does it mean? And how does it come about? And I'll tell you. There is only two kingdoms where God and man can interact. Only two kingdoms where the spirit of God and the spirit of God that the spirit of God and the spirit of man can interact. The first kingdom is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of perfection, the throne of God. In the end, we are all walking to meet God in heaven, in his throne. There is another kingdom where the spirit of man and the spirit of God can interact. And that is the kingdom of this earth. God created this earth as we see in Genesis. He made it the atmosphere to be the same as in heaven. There was no death. There was no sickness. Adam was put in charge. And the earth was so nice that God comes sometimes to visit, to see how Adam is doing, how he's controlling everything that was given under him until imperfection steps in, until sin come in. When sin come in, the perfection of the earth was flopped. Weakness came to be. Sickness arrived. Frustration and his families all came in. So there was tension. But throughout that tension, God was not quiet. God's promise to redeem this earth as it was in the beginning. God promised that this earth will we get rid of wickedness and all evil but through a process. So first, he gave us prophets. If you read the book of the prophets, you will hear, thus says the Lord. The people that can guide us how to live in righteousness and do the mind of God, rather than following the minds of wickedness that is on earth. People like Moses, they were the prophet that guided the people. Then in time, he gave us Jesus Christ, his son, because that sin must be paid for. According to the prophecy, the wages of sin is death. So it has to be paid for, and his son came and he paid for it. But even during the time of Jesus Christ, the tension were not reduced. The tension were still there. There were still forces, even as it is today, fighting to suppress the power of righteousness. Fighting to make sure that the righteousness of God does not excel. This tension exists at this moment, even with the current situation called coronavirus. But, uh, the tension is still here. That's why you can see so many people watching from home. 
That's why you can see so many people, they're not even calm. There are so many tensions in everywhere, in every situation, in family lives. The power of evil is still struggling, but the power of righteousness is also not quiet. And that's why some of you insisted in coming. Those who sang through the cable insisted in doing that. Those who read insisted in doing that, whether or whether the struggle. I call it the battle of having been born. This battle has nothing to do with you personally. This battle is not because you're from Greece or you're from Japan. No. As long as you are born into this world, you are going to be part of this war. The idea that you're sick has nothing to do whether you are inferior, your body is inferior or not. No. It is a war. The tension is still there. And every, there are so many powers insisting that all of us will go down. God has given us the spirit. He has given us the faith. Many of us are insisting we are not going down with the struggle. It has, this, having problem at your work has nothing to do with you personally. That there is tension in your family has nothing to do with you personally. The war of having been born. This tension started from time. But be assured that God is not quiet. And it, takes, it comes from different type of tricks. If we could believe them, we heard that this coronavirus was made by somebody else or somewhere else. That's to make sure there is no peace here. That's to make sure there is no proper freedom and happiness. But the children of God must be moving on. And look at what is going on in the text that we read. Jesus, full of compassion, was busy attending to sick people, making, preaching the gospel. Now, he was born in a Jewish family, and the Jews has tradition. It is the tradition of the Jewish people that at least during dinner, the whole family will be together. The Jews in particular like doing things as a family. They have family business. They do everything together. It is tradition. But because of the compassion that Jesus has for people that are suffering, he ignores those traditions and he was pushing on with the love of God. And there come the trouble. The brothers could no longer stand it. They came to him and said, what exactly do you think you're doing? Every time at the dinner table, you are not there. You can't even have rest. No, this is enough. We can't stand this anymore. And then the Pharisee followed up. You see, we saw his disciples plucking corn the other time on a Sabbath. Another tradition, law. They didn't even wash their hand when they were eating. Aha, tradition. Because the tension is taking too many forms to stop you, to discourage you. You know, this thing was so pitiful in the sense that when Jesus came to the house of Mary 
and Martha. When Lazarus was dead, you could remember that in John 11, he cried. Why did Jesus cry? Jesus already knew before he went there that Lazarus is dead. He knew what he's going to do when he, went, when he go there. He's a very good friend of that family. But when Jesus came there, the tension was very high. The level of tension, the stress, the anxiety was too high. And he looked at those family and he cried. He did not cry because Lazarus is dead. No, he already knew he would wake him up. He told his disciples when they were going, this, this dead is for the, to, to glorify God. The reason he wept is, if you people who believe in God, if you people who trust in God, could have so much stress, could have so much tension, could have so much worry, how much more people who doesn't believe? Imagine what they are going through. And Jesus saw that situation, what evil has done to this earth. He cried. He didn't cry for Mary or for Martha or for Lazarus. He cried because much more families are perishing. And that's why you see drug coming. People were looking for artificial solution. They become addicted to drugs and alcohol. And in the end, they become hopeless, homeless and useless. Because of the war of having been born. I want to understand, this thing happening now has nothing to do with you personally. God already know that this season will be like this. And he already know his people will survive it. Those who want to survive it. The question is, and that's where the issue is for me and you. In this, in this struggle, in this war between the powers of evil and the powers of good, why do, where do you stand? That's a question for you. And for me, what is your stand? Where do you stand in this war? Are you standing in favor of the powers of darkness? Compromising. Or are you standing firm to support the power of righteousness? And that is where the answer to your prayer can hang. If you are asking God to give you a longer life, I want to live 150 years. God can do it. The question is, that longer life you are asking for, what will it stand for? What are you going to use it to do? Is this longer life going to work in favor of the battle against evil in this tension? Or is it going to work in favor of the powers of evil? If you're asking God to give you money, you want to have a good job. You want to be self-satisfied. Fine. He can do that. But then, what is your money coming in to do? 
Is it to say to your brothers and sisters, oh wait, new ik heb genoeg. Ik heb jullie niet meer nodig. Everybody, to your tent. I have enough now. I can take care of myself. I don't need you anymore. Is that what your money we do? What the permanent job you're asking for? What the comfort you're asking for we do? Or will it bring many people together? Yes, I thank God I am now in a position to help you. Now I can help you. My old mother, I cannot have time to take care of, but now I can hire people to come and serve you. You see, what does that thing you are asking for? Where will it stand? Are you going to support the power of goodness in this tension? The tension is getting higher. God is moving forward. The end is coming. You see, even Satan knows how it will end. But the process of this test requires your statement where you will stand. If you look at the bird, when, where is that message? It's out, the salmon. He said, you can leave it. The, that statement that we put on the, on the side of the message says, there is no good time to do something wrong. There is no good time to do anything the wrong way. And there is no wrong time to do something good. That is the principle. You can never say, oh, I wanted to do good, but it is not yet. There is no wrong time to do good. You can do good any moment because this war is not impersonal. You can save God, with, through, it, through you, God can save other people. And that justifies how you live, what God does with your life. Whether God will extend your life, or whether he will not extend it, or whether he will give you the answer to your prayer, or what? It depends on where you stand. I, I will tell you a little story before I go. I think I, I will tell you a little story. When I was studying, I studied theology in Amsterdam, and then I did other programs in the United States. When I was studying in Amsterdam, we have a, a, a church that is full of different kind of people. The time I was telling you, uh, the people from Romania, Poland, Czech Republic, they, don't they are not members of the European Union. So they have to come here with a visa. So I'm not talking about Africans, no. Many immigrant nations, Africa is obvious that they must come with visa. But there's so many European countries at this time, they, don't, they need visa to come here. But there is a woman in the church. Actually, this woman doesn't like foreigners. It's not impersonal. Tradition, just like the brothers of Jesus and the Pharisees. She doesn't like foreigners. Every time she'll be complaining, they're coming more and more into Holland. I have to go back. And she was known for that. And then one day, one day she died. And the news came that she had died. 
And I was, as a pastor, I didn't react first. I was waiting to hear the reaction of the members of the church. And one person, one young boy in the church, he said, it's impossible. We asked him, what do you mean it's impossible? He said, she cannot die. How can she die? I said, who be doing? I do this dude. He said, no. If she is dead, who will be stopping foreigners from coming here? Who will make sure that no foreigner arrives in this country? She doesn't have to die. She's supposed to be here to make sure that no foreigner comes here. And I was shocked by that reaction. Some of us said, hey, this is brutal. I said, no, it's not brutal. Now, I am not telling you this story about what the woman did. I am telling you this story about what she could have done. She could have seen this place as a safe heaven. God provide this place for people who are in trouble to come and have some rest. To people who are, who are poor to come and have some bread. If she have seen it that way, she could have glorified God more. But this place, God deliberately make it the way it is. So that even those that are running away from war could come here and have some quietness. Even if it is Nazisuka Centrum. Oh, glory be to God. You are wonderful God. For giving us such a safe heaven. And for making us part of it. And for putting us in charge. If she have seen it that way, there will be more people, both in Ukraine, both in Poland, both in Africa, that will be mourning. Why should God take away such a beautiful heart and voice? But she misunderstood the whole thing. Now I tell you another story. And this story happened in India. I happened to go to India from the United States where we opened a Bible school. One of my friends built a Bible school from the money that was donated for charity in India. And he called us to go to come and uh, join him in, uh, in opening the school. Why not? I have a free ticket. So something happened. If you go to India, Indians have so many markets along the rail station. Every rail station is very busy with buying and selling. And there was a man, an old man, about say 75 to 79 years. He took a basket of orange, a basket of orange. He's by the train station, he put some leather on the floor and he put it four or five just in heaps, small, small heaps, two, two, three, three heap, uh, rupees. I hope they are rupees, something like that. They call their money. But the sun was shining so hard. The weather was so hot, more than 50 degrees. And this man was sitting on the ground 
with his with his floor on the floor with the basket of orange there waiting to be bathed. And the weather was so old that this old man, his hair was completely white. His beards were white. He could not wear his shirt. He removed his shirt and was wearing there's a kind of wrapper that uh, Indians tie. I tried to learn it. I couldn't. How to tie that? That's the way they usually do it. And they, they will look like real people, big men. Ready to, if it's in Africa, they are ready for wrestling. But they use it, that's a normal cloth. I like that. If there is an India here, you should teach me how to put that in. I don't know if I put that in here in Holland. They would think I'm Taliban. So the man was wearing that thing, and he removed his shirt. The sun was beating him so hard. More than 50 degrees. He has to sell these oranges in order to buy food. One man came across. This man, maybe he's rich, I don't know, but he just wants to pick something in the market. There is all a parking slot across the rail station, so he needs to cross the rail to get into the other side of the market. In, there is always two sides, the, the, the train always goes in the middle. There will be market in the left side, there is market in the right side. He has to cross to go to where he was going. And then he saw this man. The sun was shining so hard. He looked at him. He said to him, how much is your oranges, sir? He said, two, two or three, three rupees or something like that. The man asked him, how much orange? How much is the whole orange in your basket and on the floor? The man told him about 50 rupees or something like that. He asked him, what else? How did you come here? He said, I paid five rupees for transport. I will pay another five rupees to go back and I'll buy food. The man took the whole orange. He asked him, pack back these oranges on the basket. He packed back the oranges. He told me, you said this, this 50 rupees? He said, yes. He counted that and he gave it to him. He counted another 20 and gave it to him. This is for your transport. You have taken enough suffering for this, the man said. Carry this your orange and go home. Go and share it with your children. The man put the orange nearby at a shoe repairer shop. And he rushed into the market with the money and bought all the necessary food he could have bought with the, if he had sold the orange. And he still had some money in his pocket. And then he came home. Uh -uh. His family said, well, how come you came home too early? And you bought, they look at his basket, you bought all the food and still you didn't sell the orange. What happened? The man started crying. And the man said to them, God came to the market today. Yeah? He said, I saw God today in the market. All these oranges were bought by God. And it's a gift for you. All this food stuff 
is paid for by God. And there is still some money left. You see the struggle, you see the war, and you see what somebody did. And this man went home and told them he saw God. God came to market today. And then I tell you this story, how this woman, this man would have not, remember the other story, and how he, she would have, how she, he would have not used his money. He would have come there and look at the man and say, stupid junkie. You see, at 75 years, you could not make any business for yourself. At 75 years, you have nothing to talk about your life. You are still retelling orange at your age. You stupid man. Carry this thing and get out of the road. He could have talked, said that, and went to the shop, used his money for something else. There is no wrong time to do good. And there is no good time to do the wrong thing. The tension is ranging on and it's nothing personal. It has nothing to do with you as a person. This war that was started by Satan, he didn't see you and started it. You can have every excuse not to do good. Tradition, yeah. The rules, law, yeah. Some people break law in this country to help other people. Here, in Holland, some people break the law to help other people. And they're willing to pay for it. On which side of this war are you? On which side of this war are you? Must you know somebody's name to help him? When you see that the suffering that he or she is in is not personal. It's from the system in which he or she have found himself or herself. You know, I was going to Hilversum Young Rodinst. That time I don't have a car. So I have to take a bus. And I was, I, I stopped at the Hilversum bus stop where I supposed to stop. I have to take uh, the train. I have to come to the bus stop to take the bus to complete this, the journey. That time they were using stripped card. And the problem there was, I was praying, God, tell me what to tell these youths. I don't preach someone on paper. If this microphone was not steady here, I would have been walking around. And no message came. I prayed and prayed and prayed, no message. Uh -uh. Okay. I started going to, I, I have already accepted the invitation. I have started going to Haverson. And then I was standing at the bus stop. One boy with scooter. He saw me wearing collar. He said, 
he would drive his machine deliberately. He came to that bus stop. He made it. And all my cloth was wet. And he, I said to him, I didn't know what to say. I said to him, God bless you. It looks as if I made a mistake. What's that thing? The boy said. What's that thing? I said, God bless you. He came back again. All my cloth again. I realized something is wrong. I said to him, what happened? What is your problem? He said, you people, why are you lying to us? Huh? Why are you lying, telling us that there is God when there is none? Aha. Uh -huh. He provoked my intention. I said to him, wait a minute. Why do you think that there is no God? He said, there is no God. I said, there is God. He said, there is no God. I thought, listen, I'm sure there is God. He said, I'm sure there is none. Okay, why is it that there is no God? He said, the two people that I loved in my life, the only two people I have ever known, they are getting divorced. So what happens to me? I go to church, tradition. I follow the rules of the tradition. And still that God, is taking away the only unity that I ever known, the only care that I have ever had. There is no God. I said, hey, come. It is not that there is no God. There is a war going on. I asked him, plus my cloth that is wet, eh? Will you like to, I look at, because I like to go things in time. If this service starts around 10.30, you will, nine, what after nine, you will see me here. I don't like to be over, because I don't put my, I don't, I thought about what I say. If you ask me to start this sermon from beginning, I will not say it the same way again. I will say something else. So I have to be composed and organized. I don't like to be choked by time. So I looked, I have stayed time to go to Hilverson. I said to him, do you like, there's a cafe. You want us to take a cup of coffee? He said, is that to prove to me that there is God? I said, no. To prove to you that you are right, that there is no God. He said, okay, I can take it. We went there. I started asking him what happened. He told me about the love of his father, the love of the, the, his mother, and how they try to hide the fighting when he can't sing. Until it has broke, it's unamendable now that they're getting to divorce. Where will I go? I said to him, since you have time, I will do one thing with you. Can you join? I'm going to use young Rodins. He said, yes, I know there's young Rodins, but they are fooling themselves. I said, let's go. After that, I would like to go and meet your parents. He said, really? I said, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything doing. We went there. Now the sermon I was looking for came out. The real reason what to preach in that organization 
came from that conversation. More than two hours sermon came from there. What I heard from this boy, what he's going through, what this life means to a lot of people that are suffering, how we can help or how you can help. And then after the service, I went to his house. Luckily for me, both of them were there. I asked them, I told them what their son said and how devastated their son is because of their decisions, selfish decisions. And the question I asked them is, which spirit are you listening to? When you are about to raise your anger, which spirit is telling you to do that? If you can be able to control the spirit you are listening to, you will be able to quench this fire. As I don't know you people before, but anytime your sir, anytime your wife is trying to raise his voice, ask him which spirit is actually saying this now. And Mevrau, anytime your husband is trying to do something that you have said you don't like, ask her which spirit is directing you now. You gonna manage this war, and I will see after six months whether you leave or you separated. And I tell you, seven years ago, they are still living together. Amen? You see, will there be battle? Yes. It's a subject for another time about the imperfection of this world. The battle is on, but the question is, on whose side of this battle are you? There will be no compromise. There's no some time to do good and some time to do bad. No. So I leave it to you. Remember, N5 euro for the South. And N5 euro for the Malik. We have still have to solve that. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you because you are God. There is none before you and none will ever be before you, after you. You have no beginning, you have no end. Before the situation came, you already knew that we are the people that are to be born to face these challenges. Therefore, we ask that you give us the strength to pass through it. Your word is directing us. Jesus is relentless, doing good. He is receiving a lot of challenges, but he keeps going. He said, nobody's my father, nobody's my mother, nobody's my brother, except those that does the, word of, the will of God. Nobody have ever met with Jesus and remained the same. May every power of sickness that come here, may they be diluted by the blood of Jesus. May every sense of frustration May every sense of tension, may every sense of sickness, even to those that are watching from home, may the power of the Holy Spirit spread, that we may have calm and that we may have life and have it abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.